Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey everyone, it's Mark. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, Heather is going to talk about the fourth sect of Judaism with us on our sectually explicit episodes about the types of Judaism at the time of Jesus and the cast of characters that shows up in your New Testament. So Heather's going to talk about Sadducees. You, You ready to go, my friend? I am loving and living the dream, ready to go. So, hey, so remember, this was a couple of weeks ago, you told us that wonderful um, saying about the Sadducees that, mm-hmm. why are they Sadducee? Because they don't believe in an afterlife. That's it's a real right. bummer. Yeah, and they don't believe in a lot of different things that a mm-hmm. lot of the major players in the first century believed in. So, in, So here's some background information that you may not know about the Sadducees. So they were the aristocrats of their day, the super wealthy. They held lots of power, although they actually were the smallest group of the major religious sects in the first century. That they controlled the two most prominent institutions in the first century, the first being the temple and the second being the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council of the day. In fact, I learned this from Ray Vanderlaan. He says that at least 65 of the 70 seats in the Sanhedrin were Sadducees. Really? Yeah. I didn't know it was that high. Yeah. That's a lot. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, and then of course we know that both Annas and Caiaphas were Sadducees, two major players in the crucifixion of Jesus. So Mm -hmm. although they were priests that served in the high temple, they were Hellenized. And so they would conduct the sacrifices in the temple, and then they would go live in like the rest of the pagan world the rest of the week. So Josephus says this about the Sadducees. He says that so many Sadducees were hanging out in the gymnasium, that was a place of study and leisure, that there weren't enough people to conduct the evening temple services. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, for real. That's what Josephus said. And so these guys were so stringent about Torah that they completely rejected the oral Torah. They only adhered to the first five books of Moses and they did not believe in the resurrection, angelic beings. They didn't believe that God cared about, or excuse me, they didn't believe that God had a personal role in the lives of humans, but that everyone was a master of his own destiny. So kind of this secular humanist type of thinking that they had as well. I suppose if you're going to be a political monster that uses religion to get rich, you better have some views like that, right? You know, it's usually a good check box to check if that's the route you want to go for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. So they also, of course, you know, since they love power, they were super close friends with Rome uh, and they felt extremely threatened by Jesus, this itinerant rabbi from the Galilee, because he started to swing around literally swing around as I'll share here in a minute in the temple and kind of throw up their power a little bit and it messed with them. So it's interesting to me how in the gospels, Jesus is often sparring with the Pharisees, right? With different Mm -hmm. ways of oral law, but because the Sadducees didn't believe in oral law, they were never sparring with him in that way. It was, it was very, uh, we see the Sadducees actually show up more often in the book of Acts when 
the early church is being formed because they're like, whoa, 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 we like our power. What are you doing? Right? Like that, that yeah. that's when they really started to kind of become major, more prominent in the Bible was not so much when Jesus was around, but more so when the church was being formed. But- and just an aside, think of the geography of Jesus, like movement. It starts in the Galilee where sure. there are tons of Pharisees debating oral law. That's the Sadducees basically hop into Jerusalem for festival weekends and then yeah. they have like posh houses right. like in Jericho yeah. or Caesarea by the sea. Like right. they're not up in, they're not up in the Galilee where yeah. people are honestly more religious and have a heart towards mm-hmm. God, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was reading something that, you know, said that archaeologists uncovered a couple of Sadducean homes and they were extremely, op- extremely opulent, like very, very well to do. Oh, yeah. So these were wealthy people who used mm-hmm. the religious system for political and economic gain. And so I can't believe that happened back then. Yeah. Why do you say that? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I'm it happens all the time now. I know. I was like, why doesn't that happen ever since time began for the most part? Right. So. Yes. Yes. When you mix politics and religion, do you know what you get? Uh, politics. Right. You yeah, said yeah. it, man. You get All right, go, go ahead, my friend. Okay, yeah. So, so okay, so remember the time when Jesus was getting all upset and turning all, over all the tables in the temple courts and because yeah. of the people were buying and selling there? Mm-hmm. So I've heard like a number of different sermons on that, but when I started to understand it more from a first century perspective, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so for one, I'm not going to go into this because that short um, – I think it's in the book of Matthew where Jesus, this is actually, I think it's in nearly all the gospels, this story, but where Jesus says, you know, you've m- taken this, uh, made it a house of den and robbers and thieves. My father's house would be called a yeah. house of prayer for all the nations. But yeah, but mm-hmm. you have made it a den of robbers and thieves. He uses what's called a remez. And we'll have to talk yeah. about that in maybe another episode, just have a complete episode on what remez is. It's a rabbinical teaching tool, but that's yes. not where I want to focus in on today. I want to focus cool. in on what was going on and why Jesus was flipping the lid on it. So, okay. So let's say you're a Jew and you've come miles and miles and miles to go and offer the sacrifices that was required in the law of Moses. And you've got your little, you've got your goat, you've got your lamb, right? And you go up to your lamb, lucky. And he's lucky because he's going to die. And Mm -hmm. uh, you got it. And you go up to the temple and there's a Sadducee sitting there at the table and they're like, "Mm, yeah, no, this animal is just not going to cut it. You're going to have to buy one of our animals. And uh, so Uh, then, yeah, for real. And so then not only would that happen, but then let's say you're from a far enough place away where you didn't have shekels. You had your own currency where there was a fee then to use, to exchange the money to, to get some shekels. And so not only was there an extra fee and money that you had to pay for the animal that you didn't actually need, uh, yeah. and there was a fee that you'd have to pay to get your money exchanged over. And so then what they would do is they would take that goat, Lucky or whoever that was, and then mm-hmm. they would sell it to the next person whose animal wasn't the right animal, right? And so this, this corruption was happening where these people were genuinely just coming to try to do their best to follow God. And the Sadducees were making it into this place where they were just shamming people and making a ton of money. And Jesus goes in and is like, yo, bro, let me show you what's up. Like, you will not treat my house 
my father's house like this. It will be yeah. a house of prayer for all the nations. And so I thought that was cool in understanding from the first century, like what the Sadducees were all about. And it helped me better understand the reason why Jesus came flipping in and doing what he did. Yeah, that's really helpful. Because if you don't know that, it just looks like he flips out. I mean, yeah, you don't really have the context for it, that the temple, which was designed to show people what the one true God was like. Like you're yeah. supposed to go to the temple and be like, oh, this helps me understand and visualize my relationship to God. Totally. And it was basically a money funnel. It was like taking your yeah. kid, it was like taking your kid to a professional baseball game and the expenses mm. just start piling up. And you're like, you know? give me that five dollar bottle of water. Mm, yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And so so that's some kind of some background information on the Sadducees, but kind of where I want to land the plane today in our discussion mm-hmm. is a little bit of a different uh, diversion. So okay. I want us to talk about the Sadducees whom we've dealt with. So if we've been in the youth ministry game long enough, I'm pretty positive that we've probably encountered a small group of people with a lot of power and maybe some wrong intentions. It could be that maybe they're acting out of fear. They're acting out of um, gain somehow. They're acting out of a place of insecurity or maybe pride. Uh, And maybe for some reason, they just don't really like you. And so they try to make your life difficult. And you can probably think of that person or that group of persons right now who has hurt you in the church because of uh, a lot of power that they held. And I just want to simply encourage you because I know that Mark and I have been down that road, right? Like, I think we all yeah. have on some level, we've all got our own story. And I just want to encourage you in the way of Jesus. I mean, here's the thing, right? We're not the ones that are supposed to come with the whip. We're not the ones that are supposed to come ready to just throw the thing upside down. I get it. Like you want revenge. Sometimes you want people to know how you were treated you want to, them to come and ask for your forgiveness, right? Like you dream of the day right. when they're going to apologize, genuinely apologize for what they did. And here's yeah. the thing. We don't ever see anywhere recorded in scripture that a Sadducee apologizes for what they did. <laughs> no, no. Right? No. Nope. But we see the way of Jesus that says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Right. We see the way of Jesus and the life of Joseph that says what you meant for evil, my father has used for good. And so although you may have been hurt by people, you may have had some Sadduceans power impressed upon you. Just remember that God's bigger than all of that. And he can use that junk that was impressed upon you and make something beautiful out of it in the long run. Yeah, you know, um, there are those like either families or individuals or people that seem either resistant to change Mm -hmm. or they want to go back to the way things were. Sure. And the nature of youth ministry is to protect the gospel and Mm. scripture and the things that kids need to know to orient their lives around Jesus and serving him. On the other hand, we're really culturally savvy and we have to be yeah. like to, to reach students. And so the nature of youth ministry is a lot of times, what can I do that's new, that 
actually works and that has an impact, but is a little bit different and makes uh-huh. kids think from a different angle. And that really offends some people sometimes sure. Sure. that just want church sure. to be like it was for the yeah. longest time or yeah. they don't want to risk something new. I think you're right. totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have to be careful too to not be a Sadducee ourselves, or maybe to realize that we have some Sadducee, we all have a little Sadducee in us, no matter how far along we are in our journey. And we have to be willing to admit our wrongs as well. We have to be willing to look inside of ourselves and say, where did I hurt somebody? Where am I harboring unforgiveness? Where am I operating out of fear or insecurity? Where do I maybe want a little bit more power than I should? And then inject the kingdom and the way of Jesus into that. I think you're you're right as far as the tendency we can have as youth pastors is to look at the biggest and best programs that have the most kids mm-hmm. showing up and you know have the most bells and whistles and to say I want that I want to build that but that yeah. actually looks more like the empire and less like the Jesus way sometimes And the Jesus way is every day, it's relational, it's knowing your kids by name, it's Mm -hmm. taking the time to be with them and show them what it looks like to embody scripture. And the Sadducee in us says, yeah, but I want the prestige that comes with being pastor so-and-so, or I want the prestige of being on a stage and lots of eyeballs looking at me. And, you know, um, Jesus cuts the other way. And like I think to Jesus... What matters most is that people get a clear shot of God. Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. And the clear shot they'll get of God is seeing glimpses of him in us. And that means that we get our own selves and our own desire for power out of the way. And I think the Jesus way is by far the hardest way, but it's always the best way. And it means that when you and I take this role of youth pastor, man, we better care for our souls and we better watch our intentions all the time because if yeah. we don't, we're sure to pick and choose the wrong way. Like, have you ever done this when, like, I imagine the Sadducees, I can just envision the Sadducees like following Jesus around, but not because they wanted to be a, a student, but yeah. because they were like, oh, what, what's he going to say? Oh, are the people, or do you think, are they going to, is he a zealot? You know what I mean? Like, I bet, yeah. I bet like they were just, all the time following him, just trying to like keep an eye on him. Oh, right? it's in the gospels. They're watching yeah. him. They're grumbling. Yeah. They're testing yeah. him with questions. They're trying yeah. to trip him up. They're yeah. eventually plotting to kill him. That's and right. It's, it's not because, you know, what he gets charged with is completely different than the reason they want to get rid of him. The reason they want mm-hmm. to get rid of him is the political threat to the giant tax funnel that is the temple system. Yeah, that that's that's the that's what Jesus that's what like sends Jesus mm-hmm. to the cross. That's right. And um, the Sadducees like feel very very threatened from day one um, yeah. because the Jesus way is honestly like heart over ritual performance, and they were in the ritual performance business. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and, and I just say I just ask that question simply to ask. Well but who are you afraid of and who do you kind of like, what are they saying? Are they saying things about me? Or do they, do yeah. they have their approval? Like, oh, I wonder how the elder board meeting went. I wonder if so-and-so was okay with me, right? Like who are we living in fear of Yep. instead of living in freedom and just trusting that God's got it? Because here's the thing, right? Like 
the power of the Sadducees was influential in the crucifixion of Jesus. But yeah. in the end, Jesus wins. And right. if we're with Jesus, so will we. And quite honestly, th- this is a metaphor, but God can resurrect you. Those people really right. can take you out. You can yeah. uh, lose a job, have to yep. change context. That's you right. can have everything that you think, you know, I could never let fall apart, fall apart. And you That's can right. be a way better pastor on the other yeah. side of it. And there can are I lots of kids is, who need you. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's so true. And you know, that happened to me. My life kind of like fell to pieces and, uh, a few years ago. And, but I feel like a way better shepherd now than I did. I think it was necessary because my pride needed to be broken. And so friends sit with the good shepherd, know that this hardship is for your good. It's making you more like Jesus. Just trust the process. For sure. Well, this has been a really great conversation, Heather. Um, So if you guys want to see a little bit more about what we're doing, you can head to firstcenturyyouthministry.com. Any day now, my swag is going to show up, Heather. Two two t-shirts and a hoodie for for Sarah. Um, I'm pumped about that. And uh, yeah, head over to firstcenturyyouthministry.com. Join our face group or Facebook Face group. group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our Facebook group. Uh, it's also called First Century Youth Ministry. Yeah. And we continue the podcast conversation there. It's yeah. been great hanging out, everyone. And thanks for, thanks for bringing such great stuff today, Heather. Hey, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.